Finally, Facebook and Apple are going to set our children free. Or are they? The Monica Perez Show starts now. This is Monica Perez, your libertarian voice on News 95.5 and AM 750 WSB every Saturday from 3 to 6. And we are getting closer to that because today we're on from 3 to 5.30. But if you ever have the Jones and uh, need a little Monica Perez show... You can get our podcast at PropagandaReportDaily.com. We also have podcasts that my producer Brinkley and I do together on that. Go a little deeper. You can get all that commercial-free and free on our website, PropagandaReportDaily.com. So normally what I do is I cover the biggest stories of the week. And the biggest story of the week, as said Binkley, pointed out to me, was that the government shutdown happened on the one-year anniversary of Trump's inauguration. And as soon as he said that, it was obvious that this was on purpose. And I did a quick check. And Congress had signed continuing resolutions repeatedly over the past year. Continuing resolution just kicks the can until it happens to fall on this day. And as we heard at the news break, Nancy Pelosi said, you wanted your shutdown. The Trump shutdown is here. And it's really pretty outrageous because normally I don't get bogged down into the policy stuff. And I always think these guys in D.C. are just total actors But the uh, budget guy, Mulvaney, was just very well spoken on a press conference yesterday. And he pointed out, I think correctly, that the DACA thing, the deadline isn't today for DACA. It's irrelevant to the budget thing. So the Democrats are actually seems to me doing this on purpose. But I'm not going to talk about that today because I think everybody else is going to talk about it. I did want to just highlight what the big story was. But for me, what's caught my attention the most This week, today, and also last week a bit, the past couple of weeks, is uh, that Facebook, Apple, Google, Amazon, and Twitter have all been in the news basically every day. And I'm talking about the Wall Street Journal, the newspaper I read, as well as lots of other sources. But uh, when it comes up time and time again in the same what is now flimsy, tiny newspaper, this is a meme uh, that's got meaning. And what it is, is these guys are, uh, first they were talking about how bad their stuff is. <laughs> you know, Apple is bad. The kids are hooked. Facebook is bad. Um, it spreads fake news. All that was happening. And I, for me, I just gave my kids phones this year. Uh, I have three kids. My 15 year old has down syndrome. Absolutely cannot handle his own personal device. I've tried does not work. My 13-year-old daughter, my 12-year-old son, I got them phones and was immediately absolutely horrified. Absolutely horrified. Everything about it is bad. They spend all their time on it. Complete garbage. They're hooked. It's terrible. I can't stand it. Causes tremendous conflict with us. It takes superhuman effort to get this thing back. I'm looking around thinking, uh, how is this happening? How are people not rising up en masse? Surely the providers of this stuff know. I mean, you need a button on Apple that's like under 18. Press the button. And and now there is a little bit of a button like that. But in the beginning, there was nothing like that on my computer or whatever. And it just takes one accidental uh, breach in the wall for the kids to be like scarred for life. But there's so many problems with it. And I'm really in crisis. So this is just something that's arisen for me over the past couple of months and uh, and I know that for years now, 
parents have been in a, a complete frenzy over this and don't know what to do, don't know how to handle it. Yet I don't recall ever reading any kind of meaningful spate of articles talking about this until the past two weeks. And then I've just seen article after article, full page spreads. Uh, and And for me, you're never going to see a media blitz like that unless the solution is already ready and waiting. And by solution, I mean agenda. It's the classic dialectic problem, reaction, solution. And what you're hearing from Facebook, for example, is it's terrible for our kids. It's um, information overload, dopamine addiction, hoaxes kill. Uh, It's a feedback loop of uh, news that can be wrong and all this kind of stuff. And their their solution I just read today in the newspaper, Facebook announced that they were going to have a trustworthiness test that explained that uh, first they're going to cut back the news portion of their feed by 20 percent. So you're going to limit your news immediately. And then they're going to have this test to make to determine whether news is trustworthy by asking users to help them. Uh, assess trustworthiness, what they're going to ask them is two questions. Have you ever heard of this news source and do you trust it? Now, for me, all that does is create this immediate, intense, escalating, positive feedback loop in which the bigger, more well-known mainstream media news sources are overwhelmingly favored because the first, the first thing is that if you ask them if they've heard of it, obviously the stuff that gets the most coverage is the stuff they've heard of. For me, authority or popularity is not a measure of trustworthiness. And funny enough, one of the Facebook whistleblowers was saying how uh, we need to regulate the internet now and the content and all that because we've got the situation where popularity equals truth. And and in reality, the solution, which I predicted the solution, would not solve the problems they are talking about. Uh, and it won't. It'll make that particular problem worse. And what's, I think, glaringly obvious is that the only thing anybody's talking about is censoring the tone of discourse and the content of the discourse, of the news, all that. Now, for me, bigger concerns are... Extreme vulgarity and uh, bad behavior, um, extreme violence and horror, and age-inappropriate sexual content. I'm not looking for censors. I'm just saying, if you were going to do it for the children, which is what these guys are saying, you would think those would be the priorities. Those aren't even in the offing. They're not talking about that stuff at all. They're just talking about censoring political content, really. As a matter of fact, in this article, Mark Zuckerberg has a quote that says, today's news, uh, we're looking for, um, you know, we have a focus on high quality news to build uh, a sense of common ground. And and that's scary to me. That dovetails with McCain and Obama saying they want a common set of facts. So here's the problem. The entire purpose of the press, of freedom of the press is to have a public debate or vetting or investigation or whatever of the facts, just exactly like it is in a court of law. You have an adversarial system in the court of law where both people with their own interests 
come out and present their versions of the facts. And you as the jury or the judge have to take the laws, the principles, and apply them to the facts that you find to be most convincing. That's how we get to truth and justice. And they're, they're deliberately taking that part of the process out. Uh, and I think it's obvious that it's for censorship purposes. Now, I was desperate for someone to say, yes, we're going to save your children because I'm actually having a hard time with it. And I would like to know if you are as horrified with all that as I am. 404-872-0750, 1-800-WSB-TALK. Or you can tweet at me, at Monica Perez Show. But I must warn you. I got a letter from Twitter, an email from Twitter, and poor Binkley here got the same email that said, uh, uh, I'll read it. As part, this is just yesterday I got this. So this is absolutely, this whole thing is being rolled out this week. Uh, and I got this email. I was already planning to talk about this. But I got this email yesterday. As part of our recent work to understand Russian link activities on Twitter during the 2016 U.S. presidential election, we identified and suspended a number of accounts that were potentially connected to a propaganda effort by a Russian government-linked organization known as the Internet Research Agency. Da-na-na-na. Consistent with our commitment to transparency, <laughs> we're telling you, we're emailing you because we have reason to believe that you either followed one of these accounts or retweeted or liked content from these accounts during the election period. This is purely for your own information purposes and not, is not related to a security concern for your account. It's not a security concern about your account. We're just watching you. We're watching you and who you follow and who you like. You've been flagged and warned. Binkley, you have too, right? Yeah, that was uh, Twitter's version of uh, Man in Black. But it was the... The bird in blue. <laughs> It's true. I am being stalked by a tiny little bird. I saw one following me on the way to the studio. Yeah, I mean, that. my reaction to that was immediately like, of course, oh my gosh, I better be more careful. And meanwhile, I, I'm, I belong on Gab AI. You know, Gab AI is like the yeah. uh, deplorable alternative to Twitter. I mean, that stuff. Like, even their handles are just like, I'm a hater. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a Russian spy. I mean, it's fun. It's great because people are like uncensored and you can go there if you want. Or you don't go there. I doubt there's a single snowflake on Gab AI and that's competitiveness. That's how it works. And some I have all these clips. I have a clip of myself four years ago, almost to the day, predicting that the Internet through fear mongering would be clawed back. So I might get to that clip. And then I have a bunch of clips talking about from the Facebook guys fear-mongering, and then suggesting they claw the Internet back. That was from this week. So this is happening. This is real. Uh, but I, but another thing that's, ha that's affecting us, Binkley, is I noticed, and good thing I even mentioned it to you because I wouldn't have understood your plight, that YouTube, Google, is going to demonetize, not allow you to run ads on your channel unless you have 1,000 subscribers. Is that correct? Yeah, they changed it to where you have to have 4,000 hours viewed, which we both have plenty of that, but you also have to have 1,000 subscribers in order to monetize your channel, which totally takes away people who are who smaller channels and building up their channels. And how many subscribers do you have? I have 955. Oh, my goodness. Okay, so here's what we're going to do. We've got two more hours on the air, and we're going to get you to 1,000 subscribers so that with the pennies, literally pennies, 
pennies you get from that, you can save up over the next 10 years and buy yourself a new microphone, which I think you need, and uh, for our podcast. So let's do it. What is your channel name? It is YouTube.com slash Brad Binkley. Really? That's how people find it? Can't you post it I'll on... I'll post it on the website. Put it on PropagandaReportDaily.com. Put it on PropagandaReportDaily.com right now so people I'll can click it. through, and we're going to monitor this in real time, and you're going to get your 1,000 subscribers by the end of this show. Okay? All right. Thank you. All right. So I didn't get to my tweet. We'll get to the tweet after this, and uh, and I'll tell you about my personal experience uh, trying to wrest my the iPhone away from my daughter this week. Uh, 405-844-872-0750, 1-800-WSB-TALK. And if you're daring enough, tweet at me, at Monica Perez Show. Monica Perez. Well, no one's going to top that. On News 95.5 at AM 750, WSB. 58 and sunny outside the studio. Weekend weather is brought to you by Shoemate Heating and Air. Uh, and we're trying to get Binkley up to a thousand subs on YouTube so that he's not demonetized by Big Brother, who's cracking down on the little guy. So, uh, Binkley, what, what? How many subs do you? How many more did you get since five minutes ago when we started this contest? We got eight more subs already, up All to right. nine sixty-three. Great job! All right, so you need thirty-seven more, right? That's right. I think the easiest way to do it is to go to propagandareportdaily.com. Right? Didn't right. you just post your how to get through to it? So go I'm to about Propaganda. to post it right now. All right. PropagandaReportDaily.com, or it's what is the direct address that you gave a second ago? YouTube.com slash Brad Binkley. All right. That should work. Uh, I actually got some tweets that people are trying to do that right now. So hopefully we'll get you to uh, 1,000 subs. And you pointed out what I pointed out right before the break was this letter that we both got from Twitter. So supposedly under 700,000 people got this letter and they have 330 million users. So only 0.02% of users got this letter and you and I both got the letter. <laughs> so I, I don't, I'm not even, I'm not even somebody who like, thinks that Vladimir Putin is like this the answer to what some people there's a real dialectic going on like Putin is the true statesman he's really a good guy now there I don't even fall for that I think the whole thing is dialectic but I don't hesitate to tweet or follow I follow stuff without reading I just go through and just follow 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 follow, follow. people who follow me or people who follow people who follow me it's just how we build our communities it's great I love it and and you end up meeting people you like which is another thing that Facebook is cracking down on they're cracking down on uh, on interactions between people who don't know each other in meat space, which is what I mean. That's how supposedly the Arab Spring got started. Is that social media reached out to like-minded people, and uh, and this this political movement emerged. So I think it's a little screwy. But what you pointed out about this is that they don't tell you what accounts to be worried about. They just tell you they're watching you and they know what you're up to. I mean, this letter is clearly for the chilling effect. But I want to talk about uh, what's going on here and what's going on with our kids. So I'd like to hear your viewpoint on that right after the break. 404-872-0750 or tweet at me at Monica Perez Show. Monica Perez. Wow, that was intense. On News 95.5 at AM 750 WSB. I am the Libertarian Voice on WSB. Saturday is from 3 to 6, almost, sometimes, 3 to 5.30 today. 
And we are talking about what's the most important story in the news for me this week. I know the government shutdown dovetailing with Trump's first year anniversary, I think deliberately, is uh, obviously what's in the 24-7 news cycle right now. But what I've noticed, a steady drumbeat, a steady drumbeat getting louder over the past couple of weeks is all the screaming and yelling about how bad Facebook is, how bad iPhones are for our kids. Duh. I mean, I've been horrified and beside myself for months now. So I was kind of happy when I heard that until I realized that their solution is to censor the news. Not my biggest concern with my kids, I can tell you. Anyway, I want to talk about that. 404-872-0750, 1-800-WSB-TALK. You can tweet at me, at Monica Perez Show. But I have to warn you, I got a notice from Twitter that I am being watched because I have liked or retweeted things that were generated by something called the Internet Research Agency, a Russian propaganda outlet. They won't tell me what it is I tweeted, what what actual accounts it is I should avoid. They're just trying to scare me pan-opticon style by telling you we're watching you. You don't know when we're watching you. You don't know what exactly we're watching. But if you're doing anything wrong, you might be caught because we're watching you. Yeah. So that's that's yeah. that's what happens when you come to my Twitter. Uh, so Binkley's too. I hate to say it, but Binkley, two things. One, I do want to tweet, but first... Let's talk about our uh, push to help you overcome the latest crackdown on Google and YouTube trying to censor you. They demonetize you sometimes, but now they're going to systematically demonetize yeah. you because you don't have quite enough subscribers. Systemic. So tell us the story. It's what? Systemic. Uh, systemic. Yeah, we're at 978, so we're doing great so far. Oh, that's great. We just need to get Binkley to 1,000 subscribers to save Binkley's YouTube channel. <laughs> and uh, he... Um, he, what is it? It's uh, tell people the two ways they can do it directly. They can go to propagandareportdaily.com or they can check your Twitter feed. I just tweeted it at you or it's youtube.com slash Brad Binkley. All right. Let's see if we can get you to a thousand by the end of this show. I'm confident. Uh, all right. So let's hear a tweet from someone who has the courage to tweet at Monica Perez show. We have one from Greg who tweets, children are usually just an excuse for new authoritarianism and invoking their protection is also not about society. Yes, because they're saying that they're 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 clawing back the Internet for the good of the children, whereas my concerns about this stuff, my kids being exposed to it like fake news is at the bottom of the list. So. I'm worried about the other stuff. They're not talking about the other stuff. Vulgarity, violence, inappropriate sexual content. They're not talking about any of that. And Greg's comment reminds me of what I've noticed about. It's like almost a a saying. If you're losing an argument about foreign policy, especially to a libertarian, you have to say, just say, because Hitler. (laughs) You know, as soon as you say that, like it just, it was like, well, that's, you got a point there. You know, it just freaks people out. I understand why, but, like, it just freaks people out, and it shuts down the conversation. Uh, Same thing for, you know, it's for the children. You're a monster if you don't agree with it. Think of the children. Think of the children. And and didn't you say, didn't you just tell me at the break that there's a name for this? Yeah, it's called Lovejoy's Law. It's based on a Simpsons character that whenever someone would challenge what they were arguing with in order to shut off reason and critical thinking, they would say, think of the children. All right, so I'll have to add Lovejoy's Law to my glossary. 
Um, okay, but I do I do want to talk about the children because I have been in an absolute crisis. So I'm going to go take some calls. 800 WSB Talk. I'm going to Kimberly in Sandy Springs. Hi, Kimberly. You're on with Monica. Hi, Monica. Thanks for taking my call. And I am just thoroughly enjoying your conversation today. Honestly, I'm in the same boat. I've got children, uh, one in middle school, one about to go to middle school. Neither of them have cell phones. I'm like the only parent in the world. My kids are just devastated that they can't have a cell phone, but I, I'm, I, I don't know what to do. It's completely out of control. Even I did. I, I, I have to tell you, Kimberly, I gave in just this year. My kids were 12 and 13, and I gave in. I mean, they just wouldn't stop, and they were the only kids left who didn't have them. And I just thought yesterday at the bottom of my, you know, I was just like, I wish I hadn't given in. Well, the middle school principal of our school says don't do it. Don't do it until ninth grade. And I'm, I'm heeding that warning, although I'm like, the, literally, I think there's two other parents that I know of that don't. Um, but it's a battle. It's a daily battle. Not only that, but, the, you know, I don't know if your kids play video games, but the video games are so addicting. And the I'm males, right? I'm very concerned about Not where your we're daughter. Going. Uh, I'm just so concerned where we're going. Where are we going to be five years from now? And what, you know, I, 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 I'm just overwhelmed. It feels like holding back a tidal wave. Yes, exactly. And now that you brought up the video games, that was what sparked my even realize it. my daughter at social media and my son it's the video games and it got to the yes. point where he wouldn't enjoy anything else he wanted to stop yes. doing things he used to like yes and then i i oh. like i cried i would like cried myself to sleep when it just got so bad and i and i read a book that said oh you got to cut them off cold turkey six weeks nothing unplug your tv whatever and i thought the conflict that's going to create between me and my children is unbearable like i don't i can't well, I can't do that. They freak out. Well, and but you know, but what's the what's what's the alternative, right? I think that it's a catch twenty two, and now that you've opened that door, you've got to find a, there's got to be a balance, right? And that's the problem is that there doesn't seem to be a balance. There's not a balance with electronics with screen time. So why would I ever? Want you? Why would I want to introduce cell phones too? To add, I to just that? wouldn't. I I wish I never had that. My my husband used to play a little Xbox. He brought it into the house. And uh, my son just can't. But even my son, who has Down syndrome, who's not even capable of playing those games, he is addicted to YouTube videos. And they have to be, like, weird and bad and vulgar. And he's such a nice kid. And I and it's just when I take it away from him, it's, we have a word for it. It's called hulking out. He's like, ah! You know, he's got to get it back. I mean, it's every single one of the kids has a different addiction. And these Facebook guys, who I think are are really have an agenda at work but they say they're all designed to release dopamine into your head so when when i thought of taking the xbox away from my son and i thought i wouldn't be surprised honestly if he redirected that need to something worse porn or potter i don't know what you know like i'm worried now yeah no i'm with you and I, i don't know what to do i don't know where to turn, what to do, how to handle this, and how to maneuver through this as they go into their teenage years. So and don't you think balance. it's weird that these huge, that, that this hasn't been an um, an absolute uproar for years already? Like, just demand, I, I mean, I don't understand how social movements really work, but I, I can't believe parents haven't just risen up as one and said, this, you've got to just have a button in there, my kid is under 18, you know? I agree. I really do think it needs to be, you know, you have to be plugged in with your kids' friends, right, and their parents. And I think it starts really young. Like for 
for you, it might, it's kind of late because you've already introduced it. Now it's like pulling back. I mean, it's like socialism, right? Once you give a taste of it, people don't want to take it back. People don't want to give it back. So yeah. I, I don't know. I'm with you. I'm so – I'm, I'm overwhelmed, really. Yeah. And I'm really the only one in my family that feels this way. Everybody else thinks, oh, it's no big deal. I, but I, that I just have, can't be true. It can't know, be no I big agree. deal. It is a big deal. When you have a child that gets off of playing from video games for an hour or an hour and a half and they have circles under their eyes or they're just so foul that you can't even have a conversation, that that's not right. That's How about my son just, addict. you can't talk to him without him like pacing back and forth. And I really think yes. it's because he's just sat there for two hours uh, generating adrenaline, you know, in a battlefield while sitting on a couch. And I'm like, whatever yeah. it is, what is happening to your nerve endings right now? But yeah, we're, well, let's keep talking about it. Thank you so much for the call, Kimberly. Um, <clears throat> Binkley, I know you've done some reading and what's your, what's your take on this? I think it's, I think it could be a problem. You know, there's, there's the good with the bad, but I think when, if you step in front of a kid who's playing a video game and they just freak out and throw themselves on the floor, then it's kind of a problem. I saw two-year-old babies do that. I told you about a um, like a an event I went to uh, out of the country recently, and some people brought you know babes in arms, as they say. You know, you can't leave them behind, I guess. And the two the two babies I saw, they had their own iPads. In high chairs, <laughs> yeah. their own iPads. And when the moms were trying to introduce these kids around, I mean, they literally started screaming when she redirected you know, the attention away from the iPad, which was dressed like a Teletubby, by the way. Wow. Had a little stand for the dinner table, you know? <laughs> it's merging with technology. Yeah, so the baby, when you sit at the dinner table, you look at this, whatever, we looked over and the baby was just like the back of a Teletubby, you know? <laughs> it was so crazy. I don't know. So, yeah, I think – what did you say? It's redirecting what? It's like merging them with technology. They, it becomes an extension of them. Yes, and, and here's the thing is that you can't um, – you can't claw it back, it feels like to me. I feel like there's no way to get it uh, – to have them go backwards. And, and the other thing is the, – really the big thing is that when you're bored, it stimulates you to do stuff. Read a book go for a walk, you know, it takes extreme boredom to get me off the couch. I am the laziest person on earth. Creativity. Yes, it totally stifles creativity. And, uh, and, I, and I can't imagine what that does to a developing mind. And the dopamine effect, it's so pleasurable, you're never going to choose anything else. And I, and I think that that's um, going to create kids, which is the kind of kid they want. It's the same thing as what happened with... Uh, education. They used to have the trivium, which was you memorize stuff in the grammar section, you had critical thinking in the logic section, and then in high school you had rhetoric, where you could influence people and learn how to be influenced. But they cut that out because they want hardcore workers. And having kids just do STEM uh, technology stuff or play games, you can get hardcore workers who have absolutely no idea how to assess society or civics or anything like that. Could be part of the plot. Anyway, I'm going to go to Johnson and Marietta. Hi, Johnson. You're on with Monica. Hey, how are you doing? Good. How are you? Um, I really like the topic and I really like your show. Um, uh, so my wife and I disagree on this. My daughter is um, 11 and she'll be going into middle school uh, next year, and my wife thinks that once she gets into middle school, she should have a phone like all her friends. Some of her friends already have phones. Um, 
I, I totally disagree. So I'm just trying to figure out how would you navigate that if you had a spouse that... Uh, I, my husband was resistant, and I advocated for the kids to give them the phones. that They were going into middle school, and I thought uh, they were switching schools, and it would be easier for us to pick them up and all that if they had the phone. And it is. That aspect of it is easier. We had rules laid down. We, we were like, if we're unhappy with this, we're taking it back. Sure, sure, Mom, no problem. You know, and uh, and I'll tell you, the fights I had with them about not getting a phone are nothing compared to the fights I have. It was like a story somebody told me. I took my daughter's phone away the other night. A friend of mine, when he was a kid, had bats in his attic. His mom had somebody close up all the holes in the attic. And all night long, the bats threw themselves against the attic because their babies were inside and they couldn't get back inside. This is what it was like when I took my daughter's phone away the other night. Like, she'd bang on the door, I want my phone back. And I'm like, I'm not giving you the phone back. She'd walk down the hallway five minutes later, I want my phone back. And I thought, she's going to start throwing herself against the wall until I give her her baby back, you know? That's the kind of fights I have with them, like, every single day now. So tell tell your wife it's not going to make it better. It's just like cigarette smoking. You quit smoking, you crave cigarettes, like, 20 times a day. You keep smoking. This is how I quit smoking. I read a book that explained this. You crave them 100 times a day because you're hooked, and every time you smoke one, you, you probably have five more cravings than... Um, than the craving you indulged. I mean, the addiction is worse than the desire coming out. So give her, give her that. Tell her to listen to this show. Binkley's going to post it. When are you going to podca- post the podcast? Sometime next week on this? Yeah, we'll try I'm- to get it up next week. PropagandaReportDaily.com. Let's keep the conversation going. 404-872-0750. 1-800-WSB-TALK. You can tweet at me, at Monica Perez Show. And don't forget to go right now to PropagandaReportDaily.com and click through to subscribe to Binkley's YouTube channel so we can get him to 1,000 and he doesn't get demonetized because he puts up our podcast and he needs those pennies to buy his equipment. Thank you very much. This is Monica Perez. More after the break. Monica Perez. Yeah, well, you know, that's just like uh, your opinion, man. On News 95.5 at AM 750 WSB. Sunny and warmer tomorrow. A high of 64 forecast. Weekend weather is brought to you by Shoemate Heating and Air. I have time for a call. I'm going to Karen in Buford. Hi, Karen. You're on with Monica. Hi, Monica. Nice to talk to you. Thanks for calling. Well, uh, your last two callers prompted me to call in about technology for the younger students. And as a teacher, let me just tell everybody who's listening, they really don't need a cell phone in the middle grades. They don't need a cell phone at the elementary school. That's great because it's just it's do you have the experience or observation of how Uh, addicting it is, how hard it is to get, it causes conflict. I have been teaching for 22 years, and I have children of my own, and I have noticed a distinct lack in creativity, individual thought, thinking outside the box, coming up with ideas that no one else has thought of, finding their own way. We're all waiting on that little device to give us the answers. My own children do not have personal technology, and they have noticed that their friends won't hold conversations don't speak at lunch. They'd all rather be looking at their device instead of having a conversation. You see families out to eat. They're all looking at their phones. When my family goes out to eat, we all pull out a book. (laughs) You don't talk to each other? We do talk, but sometimes at the end of the day, you just want to relax. Yeah. Getting on phones and playing. No, I'm just kidding around. I think that's great. 
I hate yeah. the phones at dinner. I um I oh, yeah. <laughs> I have problems with all of that stuff and uh the creativity I didn't even really think of that one thing I've noticed and this censoring the news is really going to dovetail with that is that there's some pushback at the teacher level at the school level right now on how to distinguish like fake news from real news and I've noticed that my kids have gotten reprimanded for saying things that sound uh, you know, conspiracy-like or we're questioning things, they get pushback right. on that. Right. And I feel and like that's, that's how you don't get to be a thought leader. If you want to be a thought leader, you have. that's why I like give my kids latitude with humor even. I want them to think unexpectedly. Exactly. And uh, to the gentleman who was having the conversation with his wife, well, she needs a cell phone because all her friends have one. When we were kids, did we all get the things our friends had because our friends had them? No, and I have to say, I was the youngest of nine. I was, like, materially, I got what I absolutely needed, but I got nothing of what I wanted. And the drive, I mean, I'm more successful. <laughs> you know what I mean? I've accomplished so much. I'm not patting myself on the back, but I oh, really. No, exactly. Yeah. I, I had goals and Luddite. drive. They say I'm a Luddite because I won't give my kids personal technology. And my answer is when they are old enough to hold a job, they are more than welcome to purchase a phone, pay for the plan, and start baby adulting because it's not my job to provide them another toy. It's my job then to give them the tools so they can be productive adults and live a wonderful life. I totally agree. That's all I wanted. And as children or when they're growing up, they need to use that time to identify what it is that would fulfill them in adulthood. And these are the kind of things that, that you need a creative or imagination to work with. There's so much more to talk about on this subject. Let's keep the conversation going. 404-872-0750, 800-WSB-TALK, or you can tweet at me, at Monica Perez Show. This is your last chance. After this, there is no turning back. You take the blue pill. The story ends. You wake up in your bed and believe whatever you want to be. You take the red pill. You stay in Wonderland. And I show you how deep the rabbit hole goes. This is Monica Perez, your libertarian voice on News 95.5 and AM 750 WSB every Saturday from 3 to 6, sometimes almost 3 to 5.30 today, talking about what I think is the most important news of the week. You might think, and you're probably being told, that it's the government shutdown, which happens to dovetail with Donald Trump's first uh, anniversary of his inauguration. I think that is significant, and I think that the Democrats did it on purpose. And they're using DACA uh, disingenuously, if you will. Uh, but that's not the most important story to me. The most important story is everything we're hearing over the past two weeks. I don't know if you noticed it because it's not the front page headline. It's on the front page, but it's on there day after day after day. It's not the top headline, but it's there. It's The drumbeat is there, and it's about Facebook is bad. Whistleblowers are coming out, how upset they are of what they did to society iPhones are bad. Uh, everything's bad. And you know what? Everything is bad. It's terrible what this stuff is doing to our kids, to my kids. It's the bit. It, it's I would like to I think I would say it's my greatest worry as a parent right now. I, I would say nothing even comes close. So I have that concern. I felt desperate about it. I it's creating conflict with my kids. And uh, uh, I want to talk to you about that. 800 WSB talk. 
I have a full bank of calls, and I think I can get to everybody if we do a little rapid fire. And then after we go through the calls, maybe at the bottom of the hour or so, I'm going to play some clips of, of and lay out for you what I really think these guys are going to do. They're not there to solve our problem with the kids. They're there for another purpose. I think it's for Internet censorship, and I'm going to prove it to you with the audio I have. Uh, but on a on a related note, in part of this crackdown, one of the things that's happening, first of all, Binkley and I both got warning notices that were flying too close to the sun on Twitter that uh, that we've been um, uh, identified as people who have retweeted secret Russian propaganda that was generated by the Internet Research Agency. And everybody <laughs> knows that that's just a cover, a front for Russian propaganda. They won't tell me what Twitter uh, accounts to avoid, what information I got wrong. They just want to warn me. It's not a security question. There's nothing wrong with my account. We're just watching you. So if you want to follow me at, at Monica Perez Show, buckle your seatbelt because it could get scary. <laughs> now, that's just one problem. The other problem is YouTube is not allowing channels with under 1,000 subscribers to monetize their videos. And uh, Binkley told me he actually can't. It does help with the operating expenses for our podcast that what he gets off of those, but he's just shy of enough subscriptions on his YouTube. So when we started the show, I asked people to, you had 965 subscribers, right? 955. Oh, 955. And, and we asked people to sign up so that you could get to 1,000. How many do you have now? We're doing great. Uh, we're at 995 now. Wow, we only, we only need five more subscribers? Right. Let's do it. So you can go to propagandareportdaily.com and click through on the post he just laid out there to show you how to get to his YouTube page. And But how do they get to it directly? YouTube.com slash Brad Binkley. All right. And how about let's do a couple of tweets and I'm going to go to these calls. All right. We have a tweet from Adam who says he is going to search your Twitter so that he can get on the Russian propaganda watch list as well. Badge of honor. That's let's right. turn it against them. Let's own the word. Let's <laughs> own it. We'll own this psyop. Greg says another tweet says that he must not be trying hard enough because he hasn't gotten a letter yet. Uh, and I know I've. Greg and I have been tweeps for a while now. He tries hard. <laughs> I think I think he should have gotten flagged before I did. Like, like, <laughs> what was his website called? Uh, ProudTruther.com, I believe. Yeah, that guy's looking for trouble. Those truth. <laughs> anyway, so let's do some rapid-fire calls. Let's get to everybody. Um, say your piece. Take a minute or so, and then uh, I'm going to move on. Let's go to Tiffany in Covington. Hi, Tiffany. You're on with Monica. Hi, Monica. It's nice to talk to you. Um, so I was calling because I agree totally with what you guys are talking about, and I loved what the teacher said. Um, they shouldn't have a cell phone in middle school or elementary school or any other kind of technology because the things that is on the Internet now, oh, forget about it. It's so yes. scary. And I remember when I was 13, my mom's boyfriend gave me a cell phone and then tried to give me the spiel and the talk and all of that because back when you had minutes. You know, you had to watch your minute. Yeah. My bill was $300. So after 30 days, they took that cell phone right back from me, and I wasn't allowed to get another one until I got a job and paid for it myself. So that's what I'm going to do for my kids. Yeah, and, and I, I, I felt yeah. like I was the only parent in the whole world that didn't give my kids a cell phone. But now I know I'm not, and this is awesome. You guys are great. 
Oh, thanks so much, Tiffany. And I'll tell you, I do have a limited data plan, which I do on purpose so that the kids can't get out of control. I used to tell my husband, let's just have one computer and then people have to compete for the resource and it'll never get out of control. But slowly but surely, Christmases and birthdays, everybody got everything. Uh, But you're right. The content, uh, vulgarity, violence, um, inappropriate uh, sexual content for the age. And I hate disinformation. So when... Uh, conspiracy theories that are true, like we talked about on Monday, Martin Luther King was not assassinated by James Earl Ray. There was a conspiracy, and it's been proven in a court of law. Go back and listen to that podcast of this show on PropagandaReportDaily.com if you want. Uh, That's a true conspiracy theory. But interjecting conspiracy theories like Michelle Obama is a man makes people who believe that stuff seem like they believe everything like they're stupid, and kids are fascinated by these... um, Things that contradict what they're taught. They really love that. So there is a problem with disinformation with the kids. But uh, blanket debunking of conspiracy theories is not the way to go. Having open discourse so they can see both sides of the conversation. Wikipedia, for example, has 300 employees. That is a repository of all the information in the world. And because of the competitive nature of people correcting misinformation, it works better than any controlled media source out there. Yet YouTube thinks it just hired 10,000 censors to control content. It's not necessary. Uh, uh, Information is self-ordering, and Wikipedia was built on that concept and has proven it. This is a scam. Let's, uh, Let's keep going. Scott and Tucker, you're on with Monica. Hey, Monica. Glad to talk to you. Great show, and we need more libertarian voices like yours for sure. Right on. Um, what I wanted to um, say was I am a software developer, so my kids have been exposed to tons of technology from birth. Um, I started teaching my son, who is 10 now, coding several years ago, and he took a great interest in it. And I, I think a lot of this, some of this at least, starts with the parents. We, you know, Neither my or my wife are on Facebook or spending any time. And the time I spent with my son with the computers, like I say, was more of a tool, you know. And I think my son has kind of started to see it that way. Um, He doesn't see us doing, you know, silly stuff on YouTube all the time. Um, And now he's – I don't limit his time, but I don't really have to. It's it's funny. All he wants to do is spend time on math websites and coding websites, and it's just a – he views it as a tool, and he doesn't. That's very interesting. Because what you did was, and actually that's a coincidence because I just said to my husband, uh, my, um, one of my babysitters said, you should get your son, who I was worried about the Xbox with, into coding. And then he mm-hmm. could even make a career out of it if that's all he wants. So, so, because what I said to my husband was, to get this kid off the Xbox, this raises the bar for uh, satisfying activities. So instead of sitting around watching TV or playing Sorry, we have to go on spectacular hikes. You know, we've got to raise the bar. It's the only way to get the kid off the Xbox. Right. But what you're saying is take what's attractive, what's engaging about the technology, and make that a healthy hobby. Right. Yeah. And, and he does have it. And here's the funny thing about it, too, Monica, is because we don't put a lot of energy around it like this is bad or try to take it away from him. When I do, like he got in trouble a few weeks ago, and I actually did take his Xbox controllers away from him, and he 
doesn't even really care. You know, he's fine. It's been, you know, it's funny. I, I meant to give them back to him, and it's been a few weeks, and he kind of came to me the other day and said, Dad, come on, Xbox is rolling back, you know, like. And you're and like, sure, like because it wasn't weeks. that bad. Right. I, I'm, you're, that's actually a very good idea. I think your situation is unusual in, in that you, I think you seem to have cracked a little code there is that use the technology for good. I think I, if, for the people who are like me, it's been a real, real struggle. But uh, I really appreciate that input. And I want, um, and I did say to my son, like, do the coding and then uh, go to a, a tech college, you know, try to make it your career. Like, I don't care. He said, you won't be proud of me if I'm, you know, in gaming. I said, well, if you make a living and it's engaging to you, go for it. I don't care. I really don't care. I, I always said, I don't, I, I'm happy if you want to manage target, it's totally fine with me, whatever you want to do. I think he thinks that the gaming thing for me is like low, you know, the lowest of the low, but I, I honest day's work. I don't care what it is. And, and that's actually a clever idea. Mark, I absolutely have to hear what you did when your kids fought over their Atari and uh, hang on, Alan, I'll get to you too. Right after the break, 800 WSB talk tweet. If you dare, at Monica Perez show. Monica Perez. It's a man house! A man house! On News 95.5 and AM 750 WSB. 57 and sunny outside the studio. Weekend weather is brought to you by Shoemate Heating and Air. Talking about kids and their phones. Freaking out. I'm going to go to Mark. Hey, Mark. You're on with Monica. Hey, Monica. How are you? Good, how are you doing? Um, I, um, I'm i 67 years old, uh, so it's just a little bit a different twist on uh, the cell phone thing. But uh, back in the probably late 70s, I had a cousin that gave my son's uh, uh, a, bit, uh, a little game back at, well, you said Atari uh, earlier. So it was an Atari game and just a big bag of, 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 uh, of games. And I came in from work one day, and all four of my sons, were sitting in the floor in front of the TV arguing over that game. They And they had been on it for hours and hours. Well, I came in from work as a construction worker, and I put my big red wing boot right in the middle of that game and broke it to pieces. Well, I looked at my sons. I said, I don't guess we're going to argue over that anymore. You're my and, kind of guy, Mark. Well, I also took out my wire cutters, and I cut the cord to our TV off. Which you had in your pocket. I did. I did. I was a construction worker. My dad, too. I was a union electrician, and uh, I cut the cord of the TV off. We didn't watch TV for two years. We had a farm. Whoa! Wow. Now you're going too far, Mark. That's too far. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, I know. I know. But we went outside, and we we worked in the garden, and we just had a blast. My son, my oldest son is 42 now. My youngest is uh, 35. And they said, Dad, that was the best time that we had. Kids really, I mean, technology is, is just out there like y'all are saying, but kids want to spend time with their parents. And that's what we did uh, as parents. Uh, when we went somewhere, our guys went, and, and we didn't let them get into all of the, I mean, after two years, I did put the end of the TV back on it. I think we watched the news. But, yeah, but uh, you saved their souls in the meanwhile. That was an awesome thing to do. But that brings me to a deeper level. My husband works like a dog. He is traveling all the time. It's just, it's me and I've got my hands full. It's very hard and I really feel, and we have, we both have two graduate degrees from Stanford. It's not like 
we're struggling. It's just that that's what it takes. And uh, and I think it's on purpose to separate us from our kids, make them victims of this. 800-WSB-TALK. Tweet at me, at Monica Perez Show. Alan, you're next. Monica Perez. And now for something completely different. On News 95.5 and AM 750, WSB. I am the Libertarian Voice on WSB, 3 to 6 on Saturdays, sometimes uh, 3 to 5.30, like it is today. So we've got another hour, and boy, do I have a lot planned. I didn't even get to all the smoking gun evidence of what Facebook is really up to. But we have exciting breaking news. Breaking news. Binkley? Breaking news. We have exceeded 1,000 subscribers. We're at... 1,022 and counting. Thank Come you, guys. On. Yeah. So we saved Binkley's monetization. You guys you, saved it. <laughs> YouTube was uh, going to demonetize all channels that had fewer than 1,000 subscribers. And Binkley and I actually have uh, several different channels where we post the podcast that we do. Just you know, make it easier for people if they look for Brad Binkley, look for Monica Perez. But as a consequence, the main channel... Uh, that he used to monetize stuff, and if you disperse it like that, fewer ads come up. There were no ads if you had under a thousand. So now we've got him up to a thousand. We'll put everything through there, which is the Brad Binkley YouTube channel, right? Right. And uh, and he said it actually makes a difference on um, paying for production costs. It does. So that's fantastic. That's awesome. Terrific. And you can find an easy way to subscribe to those podcasts if you want to listen in other formats. On uh, And if you might recall, before Binkley was on board, I did not post podcasts on YouTube because technology is not my thing. I'm a talker, <laughs> not a doer. I'm a doer. I do a lot of dishes. I pick up the dog poop. I do the laundry. Tech is not my thing. Uh, so anyway, thank you very much for that. Let's get a couple of tweets, and then I'm going to take some calls. Okay, we have a tweet from Adam who says that according to his wife, we're raising a human. We're not raising a friend. So our daughter is going to have to survive the same crap as the rest of us. And then he says that his wife is always right. <laughs> Sounds like he's right, too. Yeah, that's, that's a good answer. <laughs> I was a little afraid. I don't, I'm not afraid of not being my kid's friends. I've always said I would rather my kid be on the psychiatrist's couch trying to figure out why he hates his mother than why he hates himself. <laughs> so I'll be the bad guy. Is that good? It's a, it's a nice way of thinking about yeah, parenting. I'm, I'm proud of that insight. <laughs> that's my parenting philosophy. I only have one other parenting philosophy, and it comes from that rhesus monkey study of the, uh, there were three, they raised monkeys in three different ways, one by a real monkey, one by a furry monkey, and one by a, a wire monkey. So the two fake monkeys just had bottles sticking out of them. The one with the wire monkey raised kids that couldn't raise kids. They'd throw their own babies against the wall, whatever. Wow. The real, Yeah, the real monkey raised nice little monkeys. And then the fuzzy monkey that just sat there being fuzzy raised, like, pretty good kids who could make new babies. So I'm like, you know what? If my bar is just like the fuzzy monkey. It doesn't do anything. It just hugs a lot. You know, it's there to be hugged. Uh, so I've got a very low bar, and I'm, I'm not achieving that bar yet because <laughs> iPhones have destroyed my family harmony. You know, cooking and love are not enough anymore. My kids need constant stimulation, constant dopamine fix. And I'm a little afraid that if I take it away from them, not that they'll hate me, but that they're already snowflakes and that they can't handle the trauma of drug withdrawal. You know what I'm saying? It's very traumatic. Yeah. 
Anyway, I'm screaming. I'll no, stop. I understand. I just, I'm excited Let about it. Out. It's, it's really, it's been worrying me, and I feel like a relief that that other people feel the same way. Yeah. So maybe we'll find a solution. I don't know. Maybe, you know what? I bet Facebook and Apple will figure it out. They'll, they'll do it for us. <laughs> they'll put them in a virtual reality headset. <laughs> yeah, like the Matrix, I actually did train my kids just to make sure they understood what they were doing, to ask me if they could plug into the Matrix when they went to use their games or whatever, but <laughs> the, uh, now it doesn't phase them anymore, shaming them like that. Uh, let's go to Alan and Marietta. Hi, Alan. You're on with Monica. Hi there. I'm going to do this from the other end. This uh, texting with the kids and everything, it's actually making bad workers for the future. I work at a place where cell phones are not allowed on the floor, especially when you're using a, a forklift, and it's a fireable offense if you get caught there. So during the break time and lunch time, you have it's just like a mass migration towards the cars and the lockers of people getting out their cell phones to find out what they've missed. I've actually seen people sit there and play on their cell phone and forget to eat lunch. <laughs> totally. Yeah, I believe that. I My mean, kids. And you yes. walk in the stores and there's somebody on the cell phone and they make you wait till they finish their their conversation before they'll come and wait on you. I mean, you know, if if it's this bad now, imagine how bad it's going to be five, ten years down the road when you're trying to get a job and you turn down the job because they won't let you use your cell phone while you work. Well, I ha- I think there's a chance that you, you'll you have implantable technology by then. Binkley, is that something you think is a possibility? Absolutely. That's yeah, so like you won't even know. You'll be able to just do your thing. You know, it's crazy. You know what is interesting is that is the show that you turned me on to, and I think um, Black Mirror Dean on on Twitter also. Yes, they. It's like the Twilight Zone of today, where one of the episodes you had a seed, like a, a microchip in your neck, that could, uh, and like a camera in your eye and a and a microphone in your ear that would replay yeah. things that happened to you during the day. And just the other day, I was at the gas station, and I saw a Ferrari, a Ferrari that was, like, putt-putting, and like and an old guy driving it. And I thought, that's something special. Like, what is that car? So I sat there just subtly filming it on my iPhone. I sent it to my husband, and, and, I, and I wrote as, like, my son, what, what am I seeing right now? You know, and he wrote back, oh, it's a 401k. It definitely wasn't a 401k, but it was like something like that. It's a million-dollar car. Wow, that's so cool. And it was clear from the video I sent him that I was just communicating with him straight out of that Black Mirror episode. The experience I was having in sound and sight in real time at that moment, and if I just had that around my neck in a little pouch always running, I could always go back and see, oh, that girl did give me a dirty look, you know? Yeah. I mean, how what a nightmare would high school be if you had to recap it Terrible. every night? <laughs> That's why I read at night, just to not think about what happened that day. <laughs> you know, I picked that habit up in high school. Anyway, I'd love to... All right, here's... Do you think it's... A, Here's the thing, Binkley. So I want to talk about this Facebook thing. The the phones, they're acting like they're making this big crisis out of it. They're bringing it to the surface, acting like they're going to fix it. And it's all basically an old, old uh, tactic to create a problem and then offer a solution. Anybody who has the slightest skepticism about government sees that they create these problems and then they offer the solutions to the problem, which probably doesn't even solve the problem, but definitely makes government bigger. I feel like the same thing is happening with Facebook and these companies, which you can you can claim that they're private companies, but all of these like uh, niche specific monopolies, Twitter, Facebook, 
you can trace back the slightest effort will show that these people and companies are have benefited from government research, from technology developed by defense departments, from incubators just picking winners and allowing you to be part of the circle that shares technology or whatever. And a lot of these guys do rise to the top, like Peter Thiel, and I think this so-called whistleblower from Facebook, Chamath, something or other, I forget his last name. Um, and then, but then there's a guy like Kalanick from Uber, who uh, I guess didn't make the grade, and they pushed him out. So I feel like you you play the game or you go. There's a lot of um, kind of deep state stuff going on behind you. So I don't count these guys as private actors. I think the reason they're set up as private entities is so that they don't have to answer to constitutional limitations that they would have to if they were really censoring. You know, if it was a government censor, rather it's a monopoly that's required, you know, to share your information by law or that's for some reason that you don't know is cooperating. But here's the thing. Four years ago, almost to the day, I did a show on WSB saying that, like, I had this epiphany. The Internet was given to us by the Department of Defense. It was. That's the truth. And I realized that the Internet is, you know, the information superhighway literally has two lanes. One lane that goes up to the government, and that's surveillance. That is information for them. And then the other lane is the is this great anarchy, this great chaos of information that we have access to. And I realized, because information is power, I realized that they can't allow that. You know, that gives us a fighting chance. And many people in the alternative media who have hope think that this will give us. And I just I don't believe that they gave it to us and lost control of it. I never believe that. I never believe that about the CIA, the Al Qaeda and stuff like that. You don't create it and then lose control of it. So. So when so I felt that that they they had to have a plan to claw it back. They absolutely had to. And that's what we're seeing right now, in my opinion. But I want to play you a clip from four years ago when I kind of I think I saw this coming. And then I want to play you clips of the Facebook whistleblower and stuff doing exactly what I said he was going to do, what I said would be coming in one form or another. I didn't call it exactly, but just listen to the clip. It's clip six. And the motto, which I've said before, is of this total information awareness movement. The motto was... uh, Knowledge is power. And it is, and they know that. But that works both ways. So we have knowledge because of the Internet that we did not have before. We have a way to bypass the mainstream media. And if you hone your truth dar, your ability, your radar of truth is what I call truth dar, you can actually get truth from the Internet. It's there, and you can get it if you're... smart about it the internet is a problem so i think they gave it to us which they did it came from the department of defense should i talk or you just knowing that it had this downside but also knowing that with some some fear-mongering they could get it back they could reel it back in uh so i right before that i played this was something from me from four years ago saying this information had to be they would they couldn't they wouldn't have released the internet to us knowing what power we had from the information that they were giving us, allowing us to access, if they didn't have a plan to claw it back and that they would use fear to convince us that consent is important. You can't just pass legislation. They tried to pass CISPA and PIPA 
and it got a lot of resistance. They did get something in under the wire, but just people didn't like it. They resisted. They called BS on the government. But if they can get people to demand censorship by creating fear, then they will. But but what they're talking about isn't the real problems that we have as parents with the Internet. They're talking about our access to uncontrolled information, which is how we're beginning to get truth, which is how we would actually have a fighting chance against the propaganda machine that generates consent for policies that if we knew the whole story, we would not support. So the information anarchy has been working. That's why they're clawing it back, not the other way around. More after the break. This is Monica Perez. Monica Perez. Maybe something really cool that... I don't even know about, you know. On News 95.5 and AM 750, WSB. Sunny and warmer tomorrow with a high of 64 in the forecast. Weekend weather is brought to you by Shoemate Heating and Air. I just played for you my prediction from four years ago where I said the Internet was a two-way street. The government used it for surveillance, but we also got information that made made us a threat to them. So they have to... Uh, impose censorship on that channel, uh, on that lane of the information superhighway. And I said they would do it by fear-mongering because consent was essential. And uh, this week, somebody sent, Ricky Bobby tweeted at me, maybe this is why I got flagged as uh, someone who follows (laughs) Russian propaganda. He tweeted at me something from Anonymous, a YouTube video from Anonymous, of all this, uh, all the Facebook guys saying how bad Facebook was. And um, buried deep within that, which I will play in the next segment, was a uh, the solution to the problem. And uh, I think that's what the real punchline is. I'll get to that next, but let me play for you just right now the fear-mongering segment that we've been uh, exposed to this week. Uh, let's hear clip one. You don't realize it, but you are being programmed. We want to psychologically figure out how to manipulate you. If you don't think you're addicted, then see if you can turn it off for a week. You're exploiting a vulnerability in in human psychology. That was just the beginning. It was a 12-minute video that by the end of it, people are dying. They're massacres. You know, it's like, I didn't know. Help me, please. So let me tell you after the break what the punchline is, what the solution is. And uh, to quote the answer, it's a collectivist one. This is Monica Perez. Please take my hand. Now open your mind to me. Please open your mind. Open your mind. We all have never taken a step back and actually asked ourselves, how should we be interacting with these things now, seven years into it? And what should we be expecting of the Internet at large? Look, the reality may be the entire business model of the Internet may be fundamentally somewhat broken, right? Because we allow ourselves to get interacted with in ways where we don't necessarily control the medium or the messenger. And we are not putting up any barriers to ever give yourself any downtime from that either. Exactly. And so it may mean that we all collectively need to figure out, not just individuals, but also the companies, also governments, quite honestly, how different business models need to exist so that we can actually divorce ourselves from how this stuff is working.
Yes, I am your libertarian voice on News 95.5 and AM 750 WSB every Saturday from 3 to 6, 3 to 5.30 today. Uh, and we've been talking about uh, this, a lot of different things. So if you want to hear this from the beginning, we'll post the podcast on PropagandaReportDaily.com later in the week. But we've been talking about Facebook. Uh, one of the things we've been talking about is uh, Facebook having a couple of whistleblowers come out, formerly high-ranking members of Facebook, both probably billionaires by now, who uh, are telling us how terrible, terrible, terrible Facebook is. And that's getting getting a lot of press. But there's a video, a uh, very you know many millions of hits video that we just posted also on PropagandaReportDaily.com that explains uh, that that pieces together these guys saying terrible things about Facebook. It's about 12 minutes long or 14 minutes long. At the end of it is the clip you just heard, where after they tell you, uh, we're exploiting you psychologically, we're getting you addicted like it's a drug, there are hoaxes that are getting people killed, terrible things are happening, it's destroying the fabric of society. I mean, these are all quotes from this... Uh, litany of facebook badness that these guys are talking about but towards the end they 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 throw in what you just heard which is uh the answer the answer is that we need to collectively figure out companies and governments need to figure out how to control this anarchic situation the entire business model of the internet may be fundamentally broken. I mean, if you're asking the government to change a business model by force, that's regulation of the highest order. And we already know. So another another answer they give towards the end of that video is these guys saying they feel guilty. And then some random dude uh, clipped in saying, these guys need to make amends. They need to take responsibility for their actions. And then you get back to those guys saying, you know, we've got to do something. And and we're good guys now. We're blowing the whistle. We're strongly advocating collective action by companies and governments. Which, by the way, I wrote right before Trump was elected that the next president would usher in censorship. Uh, and I quoted a speech from Vern Jordan, which said, big tech has to take control. Today, Facebook came out. Uh, there was an article in the Wall Street Journal saying they were going to set up a trustworthiness test for news. You're not going to get news that doesn't pass the criterion they set out, which is they ask their users if they ever heard of this news source and if they trust it. So obviously, 95% of the people are going to hear about ABC, NBC, and CBS, right? So that's it's just a built-in bias. It's ridiculous. But some of the quotes from this guy during his... Uh, anti-Facebook world tour is you don't want popularity and truth to equal each other. Yet the solution seems to be that populate to be on the same page, to have the same set of facts. That's not how, what is the point of the press? If you all have the same set of facts, then who's picking those facts? It's just crazy. Uh, so all I'm, I'm trying to say actually took me a couple of beats to really see what this was all about because as we've been talking about during the show, I'm a little panicked about the impact of this stuff on my kids. They don't use Facebook, but they use Snapchat. 
Uh, I'm worried about that, and they're addressing that concern. They're they're trying to exploit my fear with a solution that has absolutely nothing to do with my fear. Um, anyway, so, uh, oh, Binkley, let's, first of all, how are you on your, uh, if you just tuned in, we're trying, another initiative by Google in this case is to, to of funneling all news to the bigger players is that if you have fewer than a thousand subscribers on your YouTube channel, you can't get monetized. You can't get paid for the content you produce. So we had to get Binkley over a thousand and we have, where are we now, Binkley? We're at 1,025. Awesome. That's awesome. That's that's great. So I knew, I knew that if we just told the uh, people to help you out, that you'd do it in one show. It came through. There you did. So, um... What do you think? I think I feel like we should play maybe another one of these clips. Uh, yeah, okay. It's about the truth and popularity thing. Let's, um, guys, let's play clip five. Today we live in a world now where it is easy to confuse truth and popularity. And you can use money to amplify whatever you believe and get people to believe that what is popular is now truthful. And what is not popular may not be truthful. You know, Joe and I, for example, we've been on the other side of climate for a long time, right? Right. And the reality is now I can take money and I can use that through all of these social media systems that exist to hundreds of millions of people. And I can convince all of Joe's friends and everybody like him of my opinion in very subtle and small ways. And he can do the same to me. We can do that about vaccines. We can do that about gay rights. We can do that about bathroom laws. We can do that about Roy Moore. And so I think the question we have to ask ourselves is how do we live in a world where this is now possible? So I have a couple of problems with that. He actually, first of all, the truth and popularity thing is what they're going for. It's only they're saying that what people believe to be true is truth, that there is no objective measure. It's purely subjective. The opposite of what, uh, you know, the, the solution they're offering is the problem that he says they have. He also points out the real answer, which is I can tell Joe's friends my opinion and he can do the same to me. That's why it works. You know what I mean? There's no control over it. And then he says, we need to deal with how we live in a world where this is now possible. That's the same false reasoning when people say, we need to rewrite the Bill of Rights because there weren't terrorists then. That They were terrorists then. They were called pirates. They were dressed directly. I'm said they were called pirates. They were stateless criminals of uh, organized, international. And... Uh, it's all in there. It's all. These are timeless principles. That's why they're principles. Putting zeros and ones in the, you know, behind the black box does not make the fundamental principle different. And with media, it literally, this is the world that we've lived in since the Gutenberg Bible. The Gutenberg Bible, the beginning of the printing press, first thing they did was print the Bible in the vernacular. Two writers in the Gutenberg Bible, like the one... Maybe it was not. Maybe the Gutenberg Bible is not in the vernacular. But what they did with the printing press immediately was uh, print it in the vernacular to get people to question the interpretation of the scripture, the law, as handed down by the authorities. And what that did was it caused the wars of the Reformation, which robbed property and power uh, or if you think that it, that the church did not legitimately own that property or have that power, it, it reallocated property and power from the church to the kings. It was absolutely revolutionary. 
And that is the world that we've lived in since the beginning of mass media propaganda, the beginning of the printing press. This isn't something that we need this guy's help with. And by the way, I dug a little, did a little digging in this guy, and I said, this guy seems like a CIA operative. He's, he's trained in the arts of lying. Because at one point he said, this caused me, I stopped using Facebook, and it caused huge conflict in my social circles. Okay, just so you know, this guy's a multi-billionaire who owns, is an owner of the Golden State Warriors. <laughs> There's just no chance that guy's like crying himself to sleep at night because somebody's mad at him on Facebook, which he does not check. You know, it's just not true. So then I was like, okay, he's a liar. Let's figure it out. And uh, he's an early investor in Palantir, which is a CIA company uh, funded by InQtel, which is the CIA venture capital thing. And and if if he got the same deal Peter Thiel got, Peter Thiel gave Palantir a million dollars and got back forty million. Could be a brilliant investment. Could be payoff money. Yes. I don't know. And by the way, Peter Thiel is a big fan of this guy. So the circle squares, I guess, as they say. Uh, so I don't trust any of that. And um, and there's more of that really good stuff. As soon When you first watch the video, it's like, oh, I feel that way too. But now that I've cracked the code, I think if you watch it, you'll just be like, oh, those guys are so manipulative. Anyway. Let us wrap this up after the break. This is Monica Perez. Monica Perez. This will not stand, you know. This aggression will not stand, man. On News 95.5 and AM 750 WSB. There was a hoax in WhatsApp where um, in some, like, village in India, um, people were, like, afraid that their kids were going to get kidnapped, etc., and then there were these lynchings that happened as a result, where people were like vigilante running around. They think they found the person, and they, I mean, I mean, seriously? Like, that's what we're dealing with. You know, Im- imagine, like, when you take that to the extreme, where, you know, bad actors can now manipulate large swaths of people to do anything you want. It's just a, it's a really, really bad state of affairs. So this is one of the early executives at Facebook, billionaire, part owner of the Garden State Warriors, talking to Stanford business students, saying like every other word. Yeah. I mean, even Binkley doesn't do that. <laughs> Binkley's a millennial. <laughs> I just don't, I just, I'm not buying this guy. And that, And it was the same audience where he said, it caused real conflict in my social circles when I quit Facebook. It's like, he doesn't care at all. He has no real, you know, it's potential that he, he could just buy all the friends he wants at that level. He doesn't even know who his friend, nobody is, nobody's going to give him grief about not being on Facebook. You don't think his best friend defriended him? Totally. My husband actually defriended him. (laughs) I think he, I think he was afraid of being associated with Russian (laughs) propaganda. (laughs) He didn't want the Twitter bird showing up. That's right. I think, yes, yes. Anyway, that is true. Uh, so, oh, let me do the prize pack and such. And the weather. Afternoon showers and a forecast high of 61 degrees Monday as the work week begins. But that could change. So stay tuned to WSB for weekend weather brought to you by Shoemate Heating and Air. And the weekend prize pack. Just saying that gets the <laughs> the lines ringing so people don't even know what it is. Uh, four tickets to the Great American Motorcycle Show, January 27th and 28th at the Cobb Galleria Center. And... A family four-pack of tickets to the Atlanta Gladiators Hockey Fights Cancer Weekend, January 26th to the 28th at Infinite Energy Arena. I've got to say that sounds great because I love motorcycles and I love hockey. 
Uh, first to call 404-741-0750 gets that awesome prize pack. So, Binkley, we have like a minute or two left. First of all, I want to thank the people for saving your YouTube channel. Yes. So you're well over 1,000 now, right? So you yes. can monetize. Thank you very much. I did a great job. Do you think that they'll feel like um, baited and switched when they realize listening to our podcast they're going to have to endure a five-second commercial now? I hope not. No. So <laughs> I personally think it's better to have a five-second commercial you can click off yeah. than have to charge people. I hate that. And I love it that WSB lets us po- put this into our podcast feed without the commercials. I think that's uh, very generous of them. Uh, so that's great. Also, uh, next weekend I am off. But that's just an opportunity to catch up on old podcasts. I put up just now on PropagandaReportDaily.com my old podcast from four years ago where I basically predicted what's happening this week. Binkley just posted the video that these clips came from. It's worth watching the 12 minutes. There's so much fear-mongering in there. And then if you watch it all the way through to the end, all the way through, they tell you how the government's going to save you. So that's, that's that's fun. Uh, what else? What else you got, Bink? Well, they recently released, a senator recently released the um, a report detailing Putin's uh, hack into our elections and how they're going to counter the threat with policy to protect the 2018 and 2020 elections. This was released by the Committee on Foreign Relations of the United States Senate. Oh, interesting, because one of the quotes from Zuckerberg this morning – Uh, that I read in the newspaper this morning was about uh, how they're trying to um, revamp their newsfeed in time for the 2018 elections. So there you go. Just in the nick of time. Right. (laughs) So thank you all very much. Thanks for helping, Binkley. Uh, Thanks to Marco. Thanks, Rachel. I'll be back in two weeks. This is Monica Perez.